Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Jake in the Paint podcast. I'm joined by my boy, Nikki Patton, a.k.a. Terps Hoops Insider, for our annual preseason college basketball preview. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, glad to be back. Yeah, back for this is our third time doing this. We always do. We usually do it right before the Champions Classic, but basketball workouts and conflicts. We're recording this on Monday night. I'll have it posted later tonight and then tweet it out Tuesday morning so you guys can listen to it all the day leading up to the championship champions classic and the tip off of college basketball. We're going to go conference by conference. Like we usually do talk about who we think is going to win the conference, give players of the year, freshmen of the year, surprising players, surprising teams, and maybe some teams we think could lay an egg. Also, we're going to discuss some of our favorite non-conference matchups aside from the champions classic, as well as give you our final prop bets, like our, our favorite national championship prop bets for before the season I can't. I couldn't wait to brag. So, I, and I came on here. I can't even wait till the end. Last year on this podcast, I said Virginia is a great bet at twenty to one to win that championship. I don't know if you remember that, but I fully remember that. It's a snipe. It's a snipe. My other one was Indiana at sixty-six to one. That didn't exactly yeah. turn out well, <laughs> but it was more of a flyer, anyways. But before we officially get started, I want to give a huge shout out to my boy Earl Timberlake over at Demathic for committing to Miami today great pickup for coach Jim Laranega and he's going to do big things in the ACC and also last but not least I just posted my preseason big board on my website yesterday I did write-ups for my top 30 and then gave 40 more prospects in no particular order so go ahead and check that out for me I'm going to be talking a lot about those guys and referencing that board throughout this podcast so do me a favor check that out and let me know what you guys think but so we officially get started Nikki I want you to tell me one of your favorite, we'll switch off. Yep. I want to tell me your favorite non-conference matchup, one of them. All right, my first one, I got Michigan State at Seton Hall. Prudential Center should be rocking, as always. Uh, could be a matchup, just like uh, uh, the matchup versus Kentucky last year. Uh, very controversial ending, but um, I like this one a lot. That was an awesome game. Oh, yeah. The one versus Kentucky. Um Basically, so you're a big Seton Hall fan. I think we should just get that out of the way. You're a Miles Powell <laughs> Huge stand. Miles Powell guy. Love everything about Miles Powell. Yeah. And just think he's the most awesome guy ever. I'm not so sure how he is as a draft prospect. That's how I always end up looking at things now. Mm-hmm. But there's one thing, one thing's for sure. He's a hell of a college player and a ton of fun to watch. So that should definitely be an intriguing matchup. My first matchup is probably a little bit less mainstream. I like UNC against Bama in Battle for Atlantis. UNC was one of my favorite teams in the country. They're my preseason pick to win the national championship. You'll hear a lot. You'll hear me talk about them a lot throughout this podcast. I'm a huge Cole Anthony fan. I think he's going to be one of, if not the best player in college basketball, regardless of class. I'm not even talking prospects. I'm talking per pure production and contribution to winning. I think he's going to be up there with Cassius Winston, and it's going to be a neck and neck race the entire year. But I like this matchup a lot because I'm a huge fan of the 18 year old point guard for Alabama, Kyra Lewis. He was the youngest player in college basketball last year. He turned he didn't turn 18 until Al, the Alabama season was over. So he basically played his entire freshman year as a 17-year-old. I'm 17 now, turning 18 in a couple months, and I can't even imagine playing. I mean, I wrote this in my big board, and it's no joke. Like, while, his, while other kids his age were playing in tiny high school gyms against dudes who would pay for his autograph, he's going up against Tyler Hero and P.J. Washington Crazy. in front of a packed house at Rupp Arena. So... At times, the game looked a little bit too fast for him, but he's a pure bucket getter, just quick change of pace. He's crafty. He just knows how to get to his spots. I like a lot about his game, and I think he's going to settle down a little bit more this year and let the game come to him. And as a result of that, I think he's going to have a huge, huge year. And that point guard matchup between Kyra Lewis and Cole Anthony for me early in the season is must-see TV. 
Who do you have for your next one? All right, my next one, I got Duke uh, at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Kind of the obvious one. Yeah. You know, top two, top five teams in the country. Although I'm not that high on Duke, uh, it should be a good one. Yeah, I also have this one as well, so we may as well talk about it. Um, I mean, this was the obvious one. This is the game I'm most looking forward to throughout the entire year. You have Michigan State, who I think is undoubtedly the best team in the country. Just No question. Even with the Josh Langford injury, the returners they bring back, the fact that you just have a four-year guy in Cassius Winston who's produced like he did, just shoots the ball at an unreal level, super, super high IQ, just gets it done. Bringing back guys like Aaron Henry and Xavier Tillman, who I expect to make huge leaps. They have depth with Rocket Watts coming off the bench as a freshman who can play alongside Cassius, get a shot. I mean, they just have a ton to like. But again, another huge point guard battle. Cassius Winston, Trey Jones, two great defenders. And they matched up last year in the Elite Eight. Cassius got the best of Trey. And I know he's had this game marked on his calendar since it got released. So again, that's just going to be a crazy good game. I got to give Michigan State the edge, definitely at home. Um, yeah. I, don't, I, think, I don't think that's really in question right now. But hey, if, if Duke shows some things before that game, then hopefully it'll be a good one. Yeah. So then I'll go to my final one. Um, another more off the grid game. I have Utah State. Utah State is going into Florida, not into Gainesville, but they're playing in a neutral site in Florida. You can't see my quotes saying neutral right now, but Utah State, one of my favorite mid majors. I think they have the chance to go deep in the tourney with Sam Merrill. I mean, you we you talked about Sam Merrill last year, mm-hmm. just an absolute bucket getter, NBA prospect, Nemius Kata. I think that's how you say his name, but versatile forward who kind of just is everywhere on the court and impacts every little facet of the game and i think they're gonna be a really really fun team to watch and this is a great test for them early against a really good florida team who's talented they have a lot of pieces that fit together a tight sophomore class that grew a lot as freshmen last year so i think this is a great test for a really really good utah state team 100 percent. and then do you have a what's your final matchup yeah my last matchup uh i got kansas at villanova so pretty intriguing jeremiah robinson earl um Okab Agbagi from uh, Kansas, and then Devon Dotson, Big Doke, mm-hmm. and uh, Gillespie, all those guys going at it. Should be a good one. We're definitely going to talk about Jeremiah Robinson early. Uh, Jer- Jeremiah Robinson early. Jerry, he's one of my favorite guys in this class early on. But so moving on from the non-conference, we're going to start with the best basket- best conference in the country, the ACC, without a doubt the most exciting one to talk about. So first off, who's your player of the year? Preseason player of the year. Player of the year, I got Jordan Nora. Mm. This is a tough pick between Cole Anthony and Jordan Nora, but um, ultimately just came down to uh, experience in this one. Um, Cole Anthony is obviously super talented, which I'm going to have him for freshman of the year, mm. but had to go with Jordan Nora. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, this is in, I was caught off guard with this because we were talking off air a little bit how the Jordan Wara hype maybe got a little bit out of hand. The Louisville hype maybe got a little bit out of hand. After doing some reading and listening to some things, I, I'm a little bit more in on Louisville just because of I think that like that Duke loss really rocked him. And like we both play basketball, you know how much a loss like that can just affect the day in and day out mentality of your team. Like blowing a lead like that to the, the team that was once viewed as unstoppable and invincible. Um, we just, I think people underestimated how much of a toll that takes on you. Like these are still college kids. They're not robots. They're not even professionals. But if you look at what the the work Chris Mack did up until that time, um, I think there's a lot of reason. Uh, Plus the depth he added with this deep freshman class, bringing back Jordan Nora and a couple other guys. I think there's a reason to be optimistic about the team. However, this was an easy pick for me. Cole Anthony, I think he's going to tear up the ACC 
in Roy Williams' fast-paced system. He's relentless getting downhill. He's just a bucket getter. And don't be fooled by the funky shot mechanics. He's very effective from deep. Um, if he can clean up his decision-making and maybe get a little bit more engaged on defense, I can definitely see him being the number one pick. And I'm praying that my Knicks land at number one and we can take <laughs> the New York City Prince. So I'm going Cole Anthony for player of the year and freshman of the year based on all the things I just said. So I'm going to let you – and then you are picking Cole for freshman of the year. Do you yeah. have anything to add to that? Yeah, Cole, Cole Anthony, freshman of the year. Uh, only thing that I could add to what you said, kind of had the same I'd like uh, analysis as you, except for I just added in that he was in the perfect system to succeed. I think yeah. we talked about that off the mic before. Yeah. I mean, definitely a lot of top guys, like some people have just chalked it out that, oh, Cole just went to a big school. Like he was always going to a blue blood, but that was really the perfect situation for him, a guy just lethal in transition. I mean, we saw how good Kobe White looked in that system, and I'm a huge, this is coming from a huge Kobe White fan. Cole Anthony's levels above him, especially in transition. I mean, that's Kobe's best skill, open floor speed, but Cole is just much more explosive as a finisher around the rim and above the rim. So I think that's going to cause a lot more gravity. And if he can just learn how to leverage that and find shooters and dump off to Garrison Brooks and Armando Baycott, I think UNC is going to be a team to watch out for. So moving on from that, who are your surprising, who's your surprising player in the ACC? All right, my surprising player this year, I got Xavier Johnson from mm -hmm. Pitt. Bishop uh, O'Connell, hometown kid. Yeah, that's right. Uh, super tough, athletic. His big, biggest strength from what I've watched on tape is how dicey he is around the rim. Mm -hmm. Um, but he, ha he has to become a better decision maker this year. He averaged about four turnovers a game. Yeah. I mean, I, I think just playing more calm w w is going to be a huge thing for his game, getting a year under his belt, getting a whole offseason to watch film, learn what he needs to work on, and then come back the next year. I want to see a little bit more touch from him, from the fl especially floaters. Just he's, he's really explosive, and his pop is crazy around the rim, but sometimes as a small guard, just taking what you can get in the short area and just improving on that touch and especially the pull-up game too. But he was right outside top 30 of my draft prospects, so if he can make some improvements in that area, I can see myself putting him as a first-round pick come June. So I definitely like that pick. I have two players, one of them, another hometown kid, St. John's, former St. John's cadet, Casey Morsell. Um, I don't want you guys to think we have some DMV bias. I think Casey Morsell is bound to have a huge year for the Virginia Cavaliers. So I'm, I'm going to talk about them later on as I'm a little bit skeptical of them. But uh, the reason I'm skeptical is because they don't have a ton of scoring options. I think Jay Huff is going to take a huge leap. I'm a huge Kihei Clark fan. I think he plays the game well beyond his years. But at the end of the day, he's not a guy who's going to go out and average 15 points for you. And they don't really have any of those guys. So I'm, I'm I don't believe in Braxton Key as a guy like that either. But what we do know is Casey Morsell can pour it in. Um, he, he's really strong, 6'4", can shoot the lights out. Um, I'm looking for them, their signature blocker, mover. Kyle Guy got an NBA deal based on that, just running around screens all day yep. and setting his feet. And if anyone watched Casey at St. John's, that's what he did, just running around screens, catching on the hop, squaring his shoulders, and has great lift on that jumper. If he can improve his finishing numbers and just show everyone how great of an on-ball and off-ball defender he is, I, I don't think I wouldn't bet money that he's a one and done, but I think he's going to surprise a lot of people this year. And then my second one before we move on from this, Harlan Beverly. If you follow me on Twitter, I wrote about him extensively. I wrote a couple that probably around two to three thousand words on him, just on a, as a prospect, highlighted him. Uh, and I just love his game. I love, I've seen him play multiple times in person, and every time he impresses me more and more. He just shows up when the lights are on knows his role, 
Um, if he can take that next step in terms of playmaking and creation and pulling up, finishing around the rim, then I'm basically all in on him. He's one of the best defenders I've seen at the high school level. And I think he's going to give a lot of ACC guards a tough time throughout the year. And I'm really confident about his catch and shoot three point ability. So right now I love him as a three and D guard and he's shown a little bit of creation so far in some exhibition games this season. But if he can really take that next step, then I'm going to be tweeting about him all year. So this is well, probably if you haven't been reading my stuff, this will, this is maybe the first time you heard about him, but it certainly won't be the last. So, who is your surprising team this year? All right, surprising team. I got Notre Dame. You know, last year they were plagued with injuries. Um, they returned all their core guys except for DJ Harvey. Didn't add anyone, but they're back healthy, as I said. Um, and they're very experienced. Mm-hmm. You know, Rex, Rex the man, Rex Luger. <laughs> I've I've been in love with Rex Luger. When he, ever since he put on that white man can't jump shirt in the national high school oh, dunk yeah. contest, <laughs> we have to stand him. We have no other option. So, yeah, I don't like that. Prentice Hub coming back should be good for them. Just Mike Bray's squad, I, I would like to see them be competitive again. My surprising team, based on what you said about Xavier Johnson, I'm going to go with Pitt. Um, I really like them. I really like X and Trey McGoings. They had great years as freshmen that last year, but I think that, again, that offseason to mature, Jeff Capel, another year and I just think they're going to be really really I don't know how good they're going to be this year but I think they're going to take a significant jump they're projected ninth in the ACC preseason poll and I wouldn't be surprised if they hop into the top seven or maybe even six if they can squeak out a couple but I just think they're going to have some improvement from last year and then on to your disappointing team all right disappointing team I got Florida State so my, isn't much of like a disappointing team it's more of like a you know downfall from last year yeah um they lost Cabin Gelly Oh man, and now they uh, so yeah they lost their core guys, but they're gonna add Patrick Williams, who's really I'm promising a prospect. I'm a fan. Oh yeah, um, but I just don't think he'll be enough to cover up for all that lost talent. Yeah, uh, that's definitely fair. I can't hold you on that. I'm um, going through this. I really kind of think everyone that's projected to be good is gonna be good. I think the ACC is deep and talented as usual. I picked Miami. Um, they're projected eighth, so already kind of disappointing but as much as I love Harlan Beverly and I'm gotta love Chris Likes a Gonzaga guy but outside of those two I don't really know where they have to turn I mean that team was running six or seven guys last year with no depth whatsoever so I think it's another year for another rough year for Jim Laranaga and the Canes and then who do you think is going to take the conference oh man I wasn't prepared for this one uh who um you go first you go first I mean I gotta go North Carolina based on everything I've said so far Cole Anthony is going to produce their deep Roy Williams has been very successful these past couple of years and I just love the team makeup and again I think Cole's going to be one of if not the best player in college basketball okay yeah I'll, I'm gonna go with Louisville on this one uh but I would not be surprised at all if Duke or UNC gives them a run for their money but more specifically UNC fair enough as and I'm not a big believer in Duke <laughs> On to and sorry if you guys hear me coughing a little bit under the weather as you can probably tell by my raspy voice but you know we had to get this out for the people on to the SEC which is probably filled with my hottest takes I don't know Nicky I haven't seen his picks but I'm gonna let you go for my player of the for player of the year first okay yeah I got a uh, player of the year Kerry Blackshear mm-hmm. uh, look for him to dominate inside uh, the easy pick but I'm a believer in him yeah definitely. The easy pick. Um, that's why I opted to go the other way. Um, I already talked about Alabama and my affinity for the youngster, Kira Lewis. Uh, Kyra Lewis, I think it is. Um, yeah, I should probably learn how to pronounce that. I think <laughs> it's Kyra. But again, for all the reasons I talked about, I can't wait to see him play against Cole Anthony. 
it's all the reason I think he's going to take the leap. And another reason I think he's he's my pick for player of the year in the SEC is because if you look around, all the guys that I was other guys I was looking at, Kerry Blackshear, there's he's surrounded by a ton of great players with Trey Mann, Andrew Nemhard, Keontae Johnson. I just think that team's going to be really really balanced. A guy like Tyrese Maxey is surrounded by all these other pieces. So I think just by default, a lot of team a lot of players are going to cancel each other out. Both Kyrie Lewis, he is the keys to the Maserati and. If he do, if he goes, then I think he's gonna have a great year. Um, out to freshman of the year, who do you have for this one? All right, I got Anthony Edwards. I <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, love his game. Super excited to see him play under Tom Crean because you know fast-paced offense up and down the floor. Um, look out for some highlight dunks on the fast break. Yeah, um, Anthony Edwards, my first overall prospect, so it might be a little bit surprising to some that he's not my pick for freshman of the year, but had to go with Tyrese Maxey. I mean, he's just gonna get it done at Kentucky. I have no doubts about that. The reason I shied away from Ant, um, as much as I love him, I think he's has star potential as a prospect, but I'm a little bit worried in, about his situation in Georgia. Um, he plays a lot on the ball, but his decision-making isn't really refined a lot, enough yet. He's improved his handle and footwork, but again, not not we haven't seen it against top-notch competition, and I'm just a little bit worried about the pieces around him. I think guys are going to key on him a lot versus, like I said, Kentucky's surrounded by a ton of key guys, so people can't divert all their energy to him. And I think Ant's going to have a great season, but I think Maxie's going to really show some people who he is as a player, not only just a prospect, but as a player. Um, Then surprising player, who do you have for this one? Uh, Andrew Nemhard from Florida. Mm -hmm. Uh, Amazing shooter, as we saw towards the postseason and throughout the year. Um, Solid playmaker, averaged like, I think, three or four assists last year. I think you can just only go up from here. Yeah, and I just wanted to clarify because I might have sounded like I contradicted myself. I liked Kiri Lewis because he was the only one on the team that I didn't like Anthony Edwards because he didn't have enough weapons surrounding him. The only reason I'm skeptical about Ant not having enough weapons is because his decision-making is really, I mean, it's it's definitely worrisome. So with Kyra Lewis, that might turn into him having the freedom to do everything, and that is how he excels as a player versus with Ant, him having a little too much freedom might lead to a little bit too long of a leash, which can result in some mind boggling, some head scratching play. So I just wanted to clarify that. It didn't look like I contradicted myself. Every case is different, and the same philosophy can't always apply to everyone. So my surprising player, I have two. First off, Isaac Okoro at Auburn. <coughs> I had him slotted at nine in my mock draft or in my big board. Some other people on draft order have him in the top five. I can't quite get there yet because of the offense, but. This dude is a lockdown wing defender. He's absolutely jacked. 6'6", two, probably 225, maybe even pushing 230 of all muscle. He's Sheesh. a brick wall. I mean, people are going to have a rough, rough night against him, to say the least. And I think if the offense comes around, he's a pretty heady passer. He can get to the rim, finish with some touch with a little post hook and a floater against smaller defenders. I think he's in for a huge year. And then my second surprising player, Evansville transfer Drew Smith at Missouri. Does a little bit of everything on the court. Again, really, really intelligent. Average two steals per game. He's always jumping passing lanes, always anticipating things. Very effective from three, and, and the analytics love him. So I think he should be a bright spot for this Missouri team. And then who's your surprising team overall? Uh, oh, oh, sorry. I mixed up the order. Yeah, I got a surprising team, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, new coach and Musselman. I believe Musselman can coach his team back into uh, relevance and – they got breakout candidate uh, Isaiah Joe on their side too. My boy, Isaiah Joe, as about as nuclear as they come when it comes to shooters, can do it off the dribble, pull up, step back, sidestep, 
coming off a pin down curl where you name it he can shoot it and it's most likely going in one of the prettiest strokes in the entire country landed at 25 in my big board I'll talk about him eventually I love him as a prospect didn't make didn't make any of my categories here but I'm glad you brought him up because he deserves to be mentioned on this pod for sure Uh, my surprising team I've sung their praises all throughout the first probably 25 minutes of this Alabama um Nate Oates is a great coach can't say Kyrie Lewis's name enough. If he doesn't have a good year, I'm going to look like a real idiot for whoever listened to the first <laughs> half of this podcast. But I really like what they can do. Um, no one else really jumped off the page to me as someone who could make a huge jump. I think Kentucky and Florida are really head and shoulders above everyone else in the league. So why not continue to ride that Alabama Crimson Tide wave? And then what, what about your disappointing team? Disappointing team, I got Tennessee. They lost Schofield, Jordan Bone, and... Uh... Who am I missing? Grant Williams. Grant Williams. The most yep, important right. man. Uh, yes, yeah, so they lost a lot of production. Uh, this is kind of like my Florida State pick. You know, mm-hmm. they lost production. It's not more – it's just like a downgrade from last year. Uh, I don't think that Turner and uh, Bowden will be able to do enough to get them in the top 25 anytime throughout the year. That same exact pick, Tennessee as well. Um, I just think you can't even underestimate what they lost in Grant Williams, Schofield, and Jordan Bone. Those guys, not only production, but just the heart and soul of that team. Rick Barnes – good coach and I think he'll turn it around sometime it'll certainly help that he gets Jaden Springer coming in next year but for this year I think it could be a little bit of a regression for the Vols um conference winner Florida I have Florida as well yep. for all the reasons we talked about um Trey Mann Andrew Nemhar, Noah Locke Keontae Johnson Kerry Blackshear I mean they're deep they're talented Ooh. Mike White's a good coach I think um and I'm really excited to see them play really they were one of my favorite teams to watch last year because I really took a liking to that freshman class with Locke, Nemhard, and Johnson. And then you add guys like Scotty Lewis, Trey Mann, Kerry Blackshear, Omar Payne. Those freshmen become sophomores, and you're looking at a national championship contender, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I remember last year in the tournament. Like, I, I loved them all year, especially in postseason. I think most of our friends weren't big believers in yeah. them. Um, I forgot who they played where I shied away from them because I liked the team that they were playing as well. I think they played Nevada in the tournament. Yeah, I think it was, it was Nevada. Nevada, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And I just trusted Nevada's experience. Yeah, they played Nevada. Um, and then moving on from that, let's go to the Big Ten. Um, yeah. Somewhat underwhelming this year, I think we could say. You think so? I think I, I've seen Lenardi has I – th- I think he's got the most – like Big Ten having the most teams in the tournament. I guess – I'm not surprised. I'm just saying after Sparty and maybe Maryland. <laughs> maybe Maryland. <laughs> Michigan's going to have a down year. Purdue's going to have a down year. Yep. Indiana's off the – I'm not even talking about Indiana. Mm-hmm. I just think it, – like Wisconsin's Wisconsin. Yeah. Like I just think they – Illinois should be pretty good. Illinois should be pretty good. Yeah, I'm a little Penn lower State, on – I'm a little lower on Iowa than others. Um, But they mm-hmm. should be good. I guess it's just regular Big Ten basketball. Yeah, a lot of right. teams that will end up 7 through 10 when the tournament yeah. comes, exactly. I guess. Yeah. Um, So starting in Big Ten – is your play? I'm assuming your play. This Cash just one. Yeah, I, this one so, wasn't so obvious. <laughs> absolute no brainer. Yeah. Um, I don't even. Need, if you're listening to this podcast, you know why Cash Swinson is the player of the year. I don't even think we should waste any time and energy on that. Yeah. Moving on from Cassius, your freshman of the year. This one's a little toss up. For sure. No, no five stars according to 24/7. No five stars came to the Big Ten, Big Twelve. I don't even know if there's anyone in the top 35 or something like that. So this is gonna end up being kind of a flyer pick. Who do you have? I got Trace Jackson Davis, mm. sort of long, athletic. Uh, watching his tape, something I noticed about him is he had a tendency to play staying straight up at times. Mm. Um, but I just trust his 
I'm banking on his development at IU. He's got the tools. Yeah, for sure. Uh, McDonald's All-American. He was probably the highest-rated player. I don't think he was a five-star on 24-7, but maybe a top-30 prospect. So probably misspoke on the top, not having anyone in the top 35. But, yeah, I like Chase. Um, I think he's intriguing. Maybe more of a long-term prospect. So he wasn't exactly my pick. But I can see it. He's probably going to play a lot and probably the most locked the biggest lock to play good minutes yeah, especially with juan gone out of all these highly touted freshmen that came to the conference so i can see why that's a reasonable pick um i went with dj carton now i don't know how much dj carton is going to play and that's going to be the one issue but if chris holman gives dj carton the minutes he deserves he's really really talented and a definitely an under the radar recruit um gets buckets he's really really bouncy athlete and I just think he's going to make a difference for this Buckeyes team that's kind of fringe in the Big Ten they're not quite at the level of the Michigan State like they're not at that tier yet and they're probably a little bit below Maryland right now but I think they have potential to be in that same tier with Maryland and I think if Holman gives DJ Carton the right run not only will he make an, an individual impact that would get him an award like this but I think he'll really could push that team over the edge um surprising player who do you have Aaron Wiggins. Mm. I was wondering when this was going to yeah. come. So I went with Aaron Wiggins. As you guys know, I cover Maryland. Mm. Um, I go to every game. So I was at the exhibition on Friday. Uh, I was able to see Aaron. Um, a lot bigger. Um, you know, but at most every, everyone in Maryland, their bo- most of the guys, their bodies have really changed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, changed his body. got a lot stronger. His jump shot, as we saw last year, is really good. Uh, looks more confident when driving this year. If I, that, you know, small sample size, but got to see a little bit, some flashes of that. Uh, jumping higher than last year as well. But uh, look for his rebounding ability to be the X factor in smaller lineups for Maryland. Yeah, no. Um, I think the biggest thing for me would definitely be the two point field goal percentage. Yeah. Like looking at his. Agreed. He mm-hmm. shot 34% from two last yeah. year. And mm-hmm. that's just like, I know he's viewed as a prospect to some, but like that's just not going to fly. I think it's his first step, kind of like Jarrett Culver last year. You know, we had that slow first I step. Even, I don't even want to hear. I, like, I'm done <laughs> hearing about Culver. Like, I moved on from Culver. I yeah. reluctantly put him in my top five. He had uh-huh. a good game against the Wizards, but yeah, he he is Culver's first step is like the speed of a grandma. Yeah, but yeah, it's just like Wiggins. And you know, I think you, Wiggins, you, you might see some of it this year, but he's gotten a little quicker. But it's I still mean, also a little when you're when you're that frail around the rim, get more get bounced around more, lose your center of balance. Uh, I mean, I think he has the touch, but shown by his shooting. But we'll see. I think definitely an uh, interesting pick. For my surprising players, I went with a pair of Michigan State Spartans. <coughs> I went with Aaron Henry and Xavier Tillman. More people know about Tillman than Henry. He had a good year last year, but I really expect him to burst onto the scene this year. His defensive versatility is just incredible. I mean, he can guard anyone, basically anyone on the court. He has a thick frame, but he moves really, really well. He knows how to wall up, understands angles. And if he's shooting the three at a a decent percentage at a higher volume than last year. He's just going to be an absolute beast. And then Aaron Henry shot it well, did a lot, did everything well, and does a little bit of everything. It was in really small sample size, only played about two, 22 minutes per game last year. But again, with Langford out, he's going to have increased, increased usage. And if he can continue to produce the percentages that he did last year and just up it a little bit, I think people are going to be really impressed with his versatility and just winning mentality. Yeah. So those are the two I brought. Um, disappointing team. Who do you have? Disappointing team. I got Purdue. Carson Edwards gone. Uh, high scoring returners. Matt Harms. Mm-hmm. Oh, so funny watching. Oh, uh, Harms. <laughs> GQ Harms. 
Oh uh, yeah, so he's their highest scoring returner with not he averaged nine and a half last year. So they don't even have a double digit score returning. Yeah. Um. You know they do pick up Jihad Proctor, but who knows if he'll be able to score at this level of competition? Um. And then Painter's a great coach. Just worried about where their scoring production will come from. Yeah. So my disappointing team is uh, the Michigan Wolverines. No, I'm just kidding. You know my disappointing <laughs> team is. Let me guess. Wait, wait, wait. Hmm. Maryland. Yeah, Maryland Terrapins. <laughs> so this is not me hating. This is not me being anti-Nicky. This is not me fucking with him. This is not me any anything. I think the Maryland hype has gotten a little bit out of hand. I think they are probably a second weekend team. I don't see them being a top six team in the country right now. And I definitely do not see Anthony Cowan being a top 10 player in the country right now. Um, I don't. I forgot who ranked him at nine on that li- on their list, but that was Goodman. absolutely... Oh, Jeff Goodman. Goodman. Yep. I'm not surprised. Um, Jeff's a good writer and all, but like nine. Yeah, nah. I'll, I'll admit that, that nine? It was definitely high. It was definitely high. I mean, I I think Anthony is gonna be. He's gonna have that senior senior mentality, like mm-hmm. senior year mentality. But I think nine is definitely a little high, for sure. I'll agree with you. Yeah, I mean, I shouldn't say I'm not surprised with Goodman. He does a ton of good work, but like, mm-hmm. I guess. I was out of all the lists I read, it was like him and Jeremy Wu over at SI. Mm-hmm. And I definitely don't think it was Jeremy Wu. Yeah. So my concerns stem from Cowan. I think the hype has gotten a little bit out of control and we forgot that he was extremely inefficient last year, a true wild card, making crazy decisions, head scratching decisions. Didn't play like part of what makes seniors great is their composure and understanding and pace for the game. He didn't show any of that as a junior, so I'm a little hard-pressed to think that it's all settled down and he's calmed down and he's going to bring that pace and comfort to the game as a senior. I could be completely wrong, mm-hmm. but they're also relying on freshmen who had decent freshman campaign- campaigns to take a huge jump. Guys like Aaron Wiggins, Eric Ayala, and they didn't bring in the biggest recruiting class of all time. I'm a fan of Jalen Smith, but he's going to need to shoot the ball a lot better than he did last year. Yep, um, there's just a lot of unproven questions and for other teams around the country, they have one or two guys I can really hang my hat on, and I'm just not there with Anthony Cowan yet. I want to get there. He's a hometown kid. I would love for him to do good, big things for Maryland in his last year, but I just can't be sold. I'm not sold yet. Yeah, touching on Cowan before we move on. <coughs> um, he did get a lot bigger this year. I think he got some good NBA feedback when he tested the process, even though it, his whole intention was to stay. Um, the thing I'd say that he, based on what I saw in, on Friday – who knows if he'll carry on, obviously. But he tended to he had, he had fifteen points, but it was like a quiet fifteen. He was more of like a floor general. That that mm. was I think that's maybe what scouts are looking for in him, just controlling the game, being a better decision maker. Yeah. No, I look, I completely agree with that. And if he can show that, look, I'm not looking for I don't want him to average twenty points per game. I want him to limit yeah. the turnovers, be a floor general, and be a senior and Agreed. bring that senior composure. If he can do that, then I'm in on Maryland being a second weekend team for sure. They have the talent and they have some experience. I'm, I'm, I don't doubt it. Mm-hmm. It just stems from we're all expecting Anthony Cowan and basically penciling him in to take this huge jump, not just in skill, but in mindset and approach to the game. And I'm not 100% there yet. Quick little, quick little insider report that I read today before someone got taken down. Um, somebody on Maryland was late to practice today. Mm. And uh, Turgeon said that... Um, it's going to make the starting lineup decision much, much easier. So who, who it is who was late to practice is going to be interesting. So you're the insider. You tell us 
put on put on your investigator hat right here, Sherlock Holmes. Give me give me a list of three people, your three prime suspects before we move on. Oh. Because these are not, this is not going to be Anthony Cowan. This is not going to be yes. Jalen Smith. These are fringe guys. Right. Uh, it, it could be Makai Mitchell. I don't think, I don't think it was Daryl Morso. I don't, I, based on how he plays, I don't think it I is. think it was either Makai or Linda. That's, that's my best guess. Because those are two guys that have been on the brink. Okay. You know more than me. Yeah. You're more plugged in than me. Uh-huh. Those two guys, maybe that's reasonable. I don't want to imply too much, but that's yeah. really interesting. And I've just taken my my best guess. Something Could to look at. Totally something wrong. to look no out for. Respect to those two. Something to look out for for sure. On to the Big East Player of the Year. Between the two, this wasn't a question for me. This this one's easy for me. Miles Powell. I went Miles Powell too. Yeah. You you give the Miles Powell analysis. Super fan. You give it. Um, I, I I mean you you know how much I love him. My favorite player in college basketball, just a bucket getter and just always hungry for more. So, for anyone, this is between this debate between Marcus Howard and Miles Powell. Um, one thing that definitely made it easier for me to go on the side of Miles Powell is that Marcus Howard basically ran his two best teammates out of town, that but in the Hauser brothers, like they were basically like, you know what, I'm going to sit out a year. I don't care. Get me away from Marcus Howard. And mm-hmm. literally, like, <laughs> I don't know if this was intentional or not. I'm pretty sure it was after Marcus said he was coming back. They then were in the transfer portal. Yep. And it shocked everyone. It made no sense. 100%. They, I mean. They're preseason top 10. Yeah. With I, I don't. It, with those two, 100%. And Marcus Howard, hell of a shot maker. But at the end of the day. He just doesn't do enough for me in terms of defense and playmaking and eventually translating to Ws. I got to go with Miles Powell, Seton Hall, to preseason top 15 team, and the shot. I think they're probably equal shot makers. I think Miles Powell is probably, they're probably equal shot makers, maybe even giving the edge to Marcus Howard in terms of pull-up, but just the fact that Miles Powell is a true wing with that size and, and a, or even a two-guard, and Howard's just a six-foot point guard, like, I think Powell can just impact the game in more ways. Yeah. And I think it's going to translate to more W's, which strengthens his player of the year case. Agreed. I don't know what I'm going to do when Maryland travels up to Newark for that game. Uh, you're going to have to put your Miles, Miles <laughs> Powell fandom aside for a night. I do have a Miles Powell jersey, but always got to roll with my turfs. Yeah, for sure. Uh, freshman of the year, Big East. Uh, freshman of the year, I got Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Was able to watch some of his tape today. Uh, strong, relatively athletic, even though he may not be the fastest. Um, solid shooter, can get it done both ends, it seems like. He's the man. JRE's the man. Um, saw probably six or seven of his full games between when I saw them live and watching some YouTubes, FIBA stuff, IMG games over the summer. Um, he just gets it on the court. Maybe undersized, not the best athlete, but he just makes winning plays on the court, extending, constantly extending his range great IQ as a passer and just gets it done. Like literally just gets it done. He's going to be a great winning piece for Jay Wright this year. And I think he'll be in in the NBA next year, no doubt. So hopefully Villanova, Villanova fans enjoy their one and only year of Jeremiah Robinson. Yeah. All right. Um, surprising player for you. Surprising player. I got Jordan Tucker, uh, mm-hmm. transfer from Duke last year. Um, long forward who should get some time at the four this year with Jorgensen having, having left. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a good shooter. Shot 37% from three last year. Uh, hopefully that makes a little bit of a jump, maybe up to 40. Yeah, um, I think he was only eligible for the second half of yeah, last uh-huh, year, if correct. I'm not wrong. Yep. Played played well in the games, I remember. Um, yeah, definitely interesting piece. 
again, just one of those dudes that got roped into the committing to Duke in April. Mold. It's not usually a good thing to do, committing to Duke when they need to recruit late in the process. I've always questioned that. Um, committed to Duke around April, I think, or May, March of his senior year. Um, didn't get a ton of time at Duke, ended up transferring. But again, not every situation is good for everyone. Happy he found a good home at Butler, and I hope he has a great year. Um, my surprising player is down in D.C., Josh LeBlanc. Um, I think Georgetown's going to have a good year this year, and I think LeBlanc can kind of play that third fiddle to Mac McClung and James Akinjo. Um, lanky forward, really really effective on attacking the basket. I'd like to see him take a little bit more threes this year to see if we can re- he can really shoot the ball. But again, lanky, really attacks downhill, can impact the game on defense, and I think he does a lot of good things, brings a lot of good things to the table. Didn't make my initial top 70 for the draft, but definitely someone I'll be keeping, keeping an eye on, and I think he could have a breakout year for the Hoyas. On to your disappointing team. Disappointing team, got Marquette, lost to Hauser Bros. Can only rely on Marcus Howard. You can only rely on him so much. Yeah, um, Marquette as well, same thing. All the reasons we listed above um, have a bad taste in their mouth from getting absolutely killed by John Morant last year, but that kind of showed who they were all year. And again, without the Hauser brothers, they're going to lack floor spacing and driving lanes for Marcus Howard whenever he does decide to take it inside the arc. And I just think there's going to be a ton of tension gravitated towards him due to the loss of the Hauser brothers. So Marquette was my disappointing team as well. What about your surprising team? Uh, my surprising team, I have Creighton. So mm-hmm. they returned four guards, all of all who averaged almost 10 or more points per game. Um, most notably, Tashawn Alexander, and they're a relatively experienced team. Yeah, um, I like them as well. I went with Georgetown. Um, I think Josh LeBlanc, as I said before, is going to take that jump. Mack McClung and James Akinjo are electrifying backcourt. I think both of them become more efficient in their sophomore campaigns. I think James Akinjo is probably one of the more underrated point guards in the country. If Mack McClung can shoot it from the perimeter better, provides more off-ball value and can kind of allow them to play together. Uh, Coach Patrick Ewing, and I think the Hoyers are in for a big year and potentially a tournament team. I think they're going to make the tournament. That's what I'll say. Um, And then your conference winner, this was tough. This was definitely tough. Um, Villanova, Seton Hall, I mean, I'm going to go with Seton Hall. I went to Seton Hall as well. Um, Villanova, if Brian Antoine was healthy, I would – probably lean Nova but again with his injury he might not miss the entire year he might come back in January who knows what he's going to look like um that was a huge loss for them so I'm going to lean with the experience and Miles Powell I'm going to go with the Seattle Pirates um moving on from the Big East Pac-12 um it's pretty generous that we even consider this a power conference anymore I mean this is just a horrible product of basketball yep. um the only reason I was really intent on doing this is because I need to talk about Nico Mannion um, that's the only reason I really wanted to do the Pac-12. If not, I would honestly would just tossed it. But let's see who your player of the year was. Player of the year, I got Peyton Pritchard. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't really. Have, I mean, Pac-12 games are so hard to catch. So hard to all catch. that time. Yeah, I mean, starting at ten thirty on the East Coast, I guess Bill yeah. Walton makes it a little bit better. But yeah, still, exactly. T- I mean, especially when the basketball looks like it has the past couple of years, definitely not ideal. Yeah. Um, we got to see him play in the tournament a little bit though. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, he managed the game really well yeah. with Oregon. Uh, my player of the year, I have Tress Tinkle from, oh, I think that's how you say his name, um, from Oregon State, averaged 20 a game last year, and he's really the guy for the Beavers. It looks to get them back on track and maybe surprise some people in the Pac-12. He's my player of the year. Um, freshman of the year, who do you got? Nico Mannion. Oh, thank God. <laughs> if you said Isaiah Stewart, I was going to end this podcast right <laughs> Absolutely now. Absolutely not. Um, yeah. don't, I don't have big men bias. You know, you know <laughs> big man bias. 
one hell of a joke. We were talking about that off air a couple of days ago. Um, you know, Nico, if you've been following me, you know, Nico's my guy, one of the best pick and roll handlers, if not the best in this entire draft class. I love the tenacity he plays with. He's fiery, doesn't back down for anyone. He's a really polished shot maker, can pull up off either hand with tons of with different all different types of momentum. First he's tons of different footwork and great floater game, really elite understanding for the game. Um, if he can just touch up I hope I don't know what it looks like down in Tucson but if he got a little bit if he improved his lateral athleticism I think he's a little bit underrated as a vertical athlete in terms of what people give about him he's had his fair share of poster dunks throughout the years but I think the biggest strength for him is definitely creating separation laterally and guarding people in the full I mean the full court and the half court against quicker guards but if he can answer some of those defensive questions I'm all in on Manion I'm basically all in already but if he can do that then I'm really all in for sure so who do you have for your surprise player? Surprising player, I got Jalen Hill from UCLA, monster rebounder and defender. Um, let's see if he can uh, progress offensively. Yeah, um, I have C.J. Walker, freshman at Oregon. Kind of not really been talked about a lot in this Oregon class. They And Folly Dante and Addison Patterson, the two late reclasses, have kind of got most of the notoriety. But C.J. Walker, versatile power forward, who has a lot of skill to his game, actually. A decent handle. Flat, shows flash of a jump shot. He's a freak athlete. Um, maybe it might be a little bit of a project, but I think if he can find minutes, he'll make a positive impact for impact for Dana Alden's squad. So I went with CJ Walker. Surprising team. Uh, surprising team. It's kind of like I don't know. You have Oregon, uh, Colorado at the top. Yeah. Um, but my surprising team is Washington. Um, Quade Green gets the waiver to play. Isaiah Stewart and Jane McDaniel's come in. Uh, they could give Oregon, Colorado, and Arizona around the Pac-12. Yeah. I took a flyer on this one. I went with Oregon State. Trust Tinkle, 23 years old, shown tons of production, fifth-year senior coming off the red shirt. Um, I think he got injured. I'm pretty sure he got injured one year because he only played about like 12 games or something. And then this is his, he would this would be his fifth season. Um, but that was back in his sophomore year, so I can't be completely sure about that. But again, experience has produced before. They have a good two-guard in Ethan Thompson, who I like a lot. And you know what? The Pac-12 is such a crapshoot. I'm just going to take a flyer <laughs> on what on the team that probably has the most productive player in the country in the in the conference. Fair. Disappointing team. Uh, disappointing team. I got UCLA. McCrum's first year. I think there's more of a year for them to adapt, even though they got some talent. Um, just question the chemistry that team will have. Yeah. Um, I also went with UCLA. I looked up the preseason poll that the, the media does. Like eight or seven or eight? I right? think they were two. What? It must have been a typo. I need to go find it right now. Get like wait. Talk about something while I go look this up. Yeah, yeah. Because like literally talk about anything because I need to look this up right now. Okay. Hmm. How about make the case for Maryland to win the Big Ten? How about that? Okay. All right. How Maryland will win the Big Ten is gonna be. I think they could. First of all, they could get a leg up if uh, Langford returns later on or if he even returns uh that could help but they do however michigan state does have you know rocket watts to back him back that up um but it's all just going to be how the team meshes throughout the year um last year we saw the growth towards the end of the year even though they lost to nebraska in the big ten big ten tournament but um it's all about how everybody progresses and how well the team meshes because that's ultimately what happened in the NCAA tournament last year is they start to mesh 
and you know last second buzzer beater from LSU yeah so I hope you guys enjoyed that segment of Maryland homerism they were eighth I don't know what I saw but I guess they're still my disappointing pick I, I don't know I yeah Mick Cronin um not a lackluster roster got a lot of guys haven't played together so yeah I'll, I guess I'll stick with them that this whole conference is a crapshoot yeah for and sure. I don't picture myself watching a ton of it yeah. if we're being completely honest conference winner though I think this is worth talking about uh, I have Oregon for what's worth. Yeah, uh, I mean Oregon will probably. I, I mean, just to you know, take a shot at it. I'm gonna go Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I kind of already talked about Washington, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a flyer on Washington. Yeah, I mean, I went with Oregon. They're the most talented team in the conference by far, and I liked what Dane Allman does as a coach. And it might not be immediately, but once they get all the talent gelling, especially with the late arrivals. And once they got and once they get Enfali Dante back, once he gets cleared by the NCAA, I think this team has a ton of talent. And like I said, they can put it all together. Definitely a team to watch out for nationally. And I think they take the conference. So moving on to the Big Twelve, our final conference, your player of the year. I didn't have this one. Oh yeah. yeah. This was so this was the one that he ran out of time. He didn't do a Big Twelve. So I'm gonna finish up the Big Twelve by myself. My player of the year, I had Devin Dotson. Decided to go with the Kansas player who wasn't the favorite. I like Udoka Azubuke, but I worry he gets in foul trouble a lot. That could worry his, limit his minutes down the stretch. Um, with Dotson, I think he's going to make a huge jump as a sophomore. He really should, at, In the beginning of the year, he made a ton of head-scratching decisions and just looked like he was out of control. But as the year progressed, so did his maturity and confidence and presence on the court as a point guard. I think he had probably had a big offseason of improvement. And if he can, if he can shoot the ball well from deep, he's going to be absolute force in the Big 12. So I have him as my player of the year. Freshman of the year, I have the big fella, West Virginia, Oscar Shibway. Landed at number 16 on my big board. Might be a little bit undersized, but he definitely doesn't play like it. 6'9", 240 of all muscle. He's a menace on the boards, an elite athlete, and his skills might be a little bit raw, but I think he's going to be a force and a menace in the Big 12. My surprising player, I have freshman point guard Devian Harmon at Oklahoma. I think he's going to start from day one. Um, he's been in the USA basketball system since he was 16 years old. Started many has started for them in big game, big gold medal games. Um, just has a certain calmness about him. He's a floor general and does not play like an 18 year old and will not play like a freshman this year. Um, he's definitely someone I enjoy watching. Might not have star potential, but I think he's going to be a great four year player for Lon Kruger. Um, surprising team, I have Oklahoma State. Um, I think they have a couple pieces and they're in for a rebound year. I don't, I'm not super confident this pick, so I'm not going to go talk about it a ton. But I do think they can they can make a little run and surprise some people. Look out for Baylor. Oh yeah, Baylor Baylor checked in at two, so I didn't say they were surprising. Oh, okay. But yeah, yeah, I think they're gonna be really good uh-huh. this year. Yeah, no, they'll be pretty good. Um, disappointing team. As much as this hurts, I have to go with Iowa State. Love Tyrese Halliburton's got to be one of my favorite players in the country. But you just got to question what he can do as the guy. Um, if yeah, at times it was really rough with guys like Wyler Babb and. Taylor Horton Tucker and Lindell Wigington just I mean that that team had to be the most frustrating team in college basketball last year with just the amount of chucks that they had and had just nosedive drives and didn't look for any shooters but Halliburton kind of played the role of the ball mover and he looked really good with Team USA as the primary on ball over the summer but he doesn't have a ton of talent doesn't have a ton of weapons around him so I just worry about a passive player like Halliburton how is this team's success going to translate if he's the guy and everyone's looking at him to orchestrate and initiate and then the conference winner, Kansas Jayhawks reign supreme. So that basically wraps up our conference preview. Now we're going to do championship props. 
Give me your a couple of your best bets, teams, preseason odds to win that championship, and a couple of your worst bets. Wait, before we move on, <coughs> do you know Isaiah Moss transferred to Kansas? Yes. Remember from I Iowa? Know that. Mm-hmm. Totally forgot about that. Yep. Yeah. They're going to be good. Really good. Yeah, they should be. All right, you go, you go first with the championship. So I have song. my best. Are you still looking for it? Yeah. Okay, so I have my best bets, UNC. I've raved about them all podcasts at 12 to 1. I think that's great value. I'd probably, I think I'm second. They're, I'm confident in them to be the second best team. Right now, I think they have the second best chance to win the national championship. And with Michigan State at only plus 500, plus 550, that's just not great value, especially for a preseason bet. Um, so I got to go with UNC at 12 to 1. I think that's good value. And then second, I got Florida at 17 to 1. Uh, I think that's pretty good odds for a really talented team. Again, we'll see if they can put it all together, but I still think that's a really good number. I was literally looking at both those two. Yeah. But I think, I mean, I, we do have the same pick for that. Um, but I think the funniest, <laughs> the funniest, uh, uh, the fact that Memphis. Oh my God. That was my. Don't, just don't say it. 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 <laughs> so, but my worst bets. This is a good segue, actually. Yeah. We left the American out because they're not considered a power conference. And I don't, to be fair, I don't really know too much about the league to go into depth about the categories. We went in with the other ones, but we both split a wager on Houston to win the American. Why don't you start with why? And then I'll speak. Okay. Yeah. So Houston, obviously they got Quentin Grimes, but it was more just on the other side, Memphis, young, young team, like, are freshmen really going to be able to put everything together to win the conference? In my opinion, no. I'm sure you agree with that. So my issue with Memphis, um, they were mediocre last year, just straight mediocre. Anyone who watched them, they know that. Um, and this notion that they're getting the number one player in the country is wrong. I've said it multiple times. If you read my article, James Wisen was neither the best prospect nor the most productive player in his high school class. This is a prime example of big men bias for whatever reason. He was ranked number one in his junior year, and some rankings and some sites are just too reluctant to move off that for whatever reason. He is Cole Anthony was the most productive player, and in my opinion, Anthony Edwards is the best prospect. James Wiseman was neither one of those, so you did not get the number one player in the class. Now we're talking about a recruiting class of, I think, six commits, two five-stars, and four four four-stars. So we're talking about six players who expect to play on a team that returns, or maybe even seven. It might be seven. Either six or seven seven commits on a team that returns a lot of players from last year. So inherently, there's going to be more guys that expect to play than guys that are actually going to play. There's going to be a deep rotation, and the minutes are going to be really spread out. So especially for young guys, that can be tough because they often can't play through their mistakes. They can't get into a rhythm. There's really little separation between everyone, like everyone on the roster. I feel like, like yeah. I think there's really little separation. Um, and James Wiseman impresses you? Do not impress me. Either one of them. I might eat this entire segment that I'm about to go on and have been going on in March when James Wiseman is tearing down everyone and Precious Achua looks like the versatile wing that he can be with his physical tools. But I have a good feeling I'm not going to have to, because Precious Achua is just not a smart basketball player. James Wiseman, not a smart basketball player. And you know what doesn't win in March? Freshmen don't usually win in March. But you know who never wins in March? Who? Dumb basketball players. You just cannot win in March if you are dumb. And if you don't have the high IQ and the sense and the awareness to play in these big moments and conduct yourself, like 
I showed you, I sent you a clip of Precious Achua, and he's playing in the Hoop Summit, that which is horrendous. The Hoop Summit's an all-star game, but it is extremely competitive. Team USA, if you heard my podcast and Mike Jones, they take it really, really seriously when they lose that game. And when they win that game, it's a big celebration. Precious Achua is playing for the world team, and Nico Man- the shot clock's running down, and or the shot clock's running down for Team USA. It's, I think, a one-point game or a tie game. Team USA, let's call it Team USA is up one with 50 seconds left. Shot clock is at two and Wendell Moore chucks up a three. It's go, it bounce off the rim going out of bounds. Anyone that would just let it go out of bounds, World gets the ball down one with 50 seconds left. Precious Achua chases the ball down and while he's retrieving the ball, steps out of bounds. Now I mind you, no one else was touching this ball. No one else was near the ball. No one else was going for the ball. Precious went out of his way to touch the ball. And ends up stepping out of bounds and giving the world, the Team USA, an extra possession, which they end up using to win the game. That's just the stuff that I don't forget. And smart basketball players and players that win in March don't make those plays. So with everything I just said, with those two five stars being a little bit overrated, a little too much depth, a coach that we know can recruit, we don't know if he can coach. I don't know. I'm really skeptical. Yeah, they might win the conference just based on talent, but... The fact that they are 11-1 to to win the national championship is absolutely obscene. Just, you, the fact they're even ahead of North Carolina. Oh, crazy. Just outrageous. Crazy. That's what, that's what I said. So, True. Do you have any other worst bets, best bets, before we finish that up? No, no, no. That's, that, that, that's just got to be the worst one. Yeah. And then everything, my, everything else looks My other great. worst bet, as much as I hate to do this because they won me a ton of money last year, Virginia Cavaliers at 10-1. to They have way too much shit to figure out for them to be 10-1. to Again, ahead of teams like North Carolina, ahead of teams like Florida. Um, I just I just think, yeah, they won the national championship last year, but and Tony Bennett's an unbelievable coach, one of the best in the country. But that's still, I think, that's still a really bad number. Are you seeing it at 10-1? Yeah. I'm um, seeing it at 7-1 on here. Oh, yeah, that's, even worse. <laughs> that's even worse. I mean, I, I, I could not, st- you could not pay me to even touch that. I'd Close to that. They're tied with Kentucky at plus 700. That's yeah. absurd. I mean, that's crazy to me. True. That's crazy Man. to me. Give me, before we go, I'm putting you on the spot here, and I don't even know what I'm going to say for this. I need to think. Uh-huh. Give me your hottest take of this college season. It can be hmm. March Madness related. It can be Final Four. It can be draft related. Anything. Let me pull up the top 25 to get my mind. Okay, fair jo- enough. Jogging. Let's see what we got. What do you think you're looking for? I just, I just got to see some logos just to get my mind going. All right. Uh, let's see. I think that by the end of the season, we will see. Hmm. If there's a team that's going to drop out of the top ten to start the season, I think it's Villanova. Okay. To drop out of the top ten and mm-hmm. out of the top twenty-five eventually. Yeah. But then they'll work their way back in. Okay. That's somewhat of a hot take, but I think it's very possible. I think I, my hot take. I'll leave it at this. For the first time in a long time, there's going to be back-to-back in years where the same player wins the Naismith Award and becomes the number one pick, and I'm picking Cole Anthony to do both those things. I like it. I think Cole Anthony is going to have a crazy year at North Carolina, lead them to a ton of team success in the best basketball conference in the country, and show why he's capable of being the number one pick. And I can only pray that the New York Knicks own that pick. Come home, please. Come home, Cole. (laughs) Come home, the Fresh Prince of New York. 
it's only right. You got to rep your dad's 50 in the garden. Um, that's all I can ask for. But again, can't stress enough. Cole Anthony is going to be an absolute beast in North Carolina. Any last words before we go? That's it. All right. All thank you. Go. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Thank you guys for tuning in and look forward to having you back on throughout the season. For sure. And stay tuned for more podcast content. Again, check out my big board if you haven't already. And I'm hoping to have a Champions Classic right up on, uh, reflecting on tomorrow night's games at some uh, out sometime later in the week. So stay tuned for that. And again, thank you for tuning in. Follow me on Twitter at Jake in the Paint to stay tuned for everything. Thank you.